This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. So let's pray and ask the Lord to bless us uh, uh, with this time as we consider God's word. Father, we are in your presence, Lord. Thank you, Father, for being with us so far through the service. We, even as we're going to consider your word and we're going to listen to your voice, Father, we pray that you will, you will enlighten us, quicken our hearts, quicken our beings, cause us to respond to your word and to come alive as your word is spoken over us, Lord, to come alive, to be alert and to, act, to be active in our response to your word that we may be changed, our lives may be changed, may be transformed. Thank you, Papa. Bless every single person who's taking the effort to learn these scriptures. I pray, Lord, that the manifestation of this word will, will come upon their lives in such majestic ways. Bless them, Father. Thank you, Father, for what, we have in, what you have in store for us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, God desires for you to live a, a life free of worry. We've been talking about do not be anxious, do not worry. God does not want you to be, live a life of worry. He wants you to live a life free of worry. He wants you to live a life that is free of anxiety. And the, the Bible, we, we've considered scripture and we realize that the Bible does not give any room for anxiety. There is absolutely no room for any sort of anxiety. The Bible in fact says be anxious for nothing. But in everything. So it covers everything, every aspect of human life. And God wants us to live without that kind, of, that kind of anxiety. And if you're still given to worry and if you're still living a life of anxiety, and that is because you have chosen to make it a part of your life. It's because you have chosen to make it a po the portion of your life. And that is rebellion. And God wants you to cleanse your your thought process. God wants to, wants to cleanse the way you think, the way you approach life and to set you free from this bondage called anxiety. So that we can be effective in our walk with the Lord. We can be effective ministers of the gospel. We can be effective in our, in, in our service under the Lord. If you're caught in worry and anxiety, you will not be able to be effective. We see in the word that prayer can extinguish anxiety. We considered that last week. When you're worried, what are you supposed to do? When you're worried, I, I overheard my children talking to each other. Appa said in church, when you're worried about something, pray. If you're still worried about something, if you're still worried about that thing, pray till that worry goes out of your system. And this must be a, a practice that you follow in life. You're worried about something. Don't, don't accommodate worry. Don't accommodate worry. Don't pamper anxiety. You're worried about something. You're anxious about something. Pray. And it is alarming to see that uh, sometimes Christians treat prayer as a cliched solution. Give me something more uh, practical. You, you have a situation and somebody says, we will pray about it. It's almost like for many people, it's not enough to pray. The Bible puts it very differently. The Bible says, are you anxious? Pray. Do not be anxious of anything, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And experience what? The peace of God which surpasses all human understanding, all understanding, which will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Whether you know it or not, prayer is the only reliable, foolproof, sure shot solution for all anxiety. You might not know it like that. You might not have experienced it like that, but that's what the Bible says and that's the truth. Prayer is the absolute sure solution, reliable solution for all, all your anxiety, for all your worry, 
for all your concern. But devoid of a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit, if you don't have a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit, prayer can sound like a cliched solution. So what makes prayer, um, what makes prayer something you're confident about is your relationship with the Holy Spirit. The more dynamic it is, the more intimate it is, the more um, active it is, the more confident you will be about prayer. You know that when you pray, he listens to you. You know that when you pray, something happens. This is the confidence that we have in him, that he hears us. Do you have the confidence about the Lord? Do you have that confidence about the Lord? When somebody tells you, let's pray about it, does that make you confident? Does that make you relaxed and comforted? Or does that make you status quo, no change? Nothing much has changed. Why you only prayed? You only prayed. What do you mean only prayed? Prayer works. Prayer works. Because some, for someone who is walking in that relationship and growing in the relationship with the Holy Spirit, prayer is not a cliche. It's, it is your lifeline. Prayer is your lifeline. You know it works. You know it works. You know that when you pray something it will happen. You know that when you pray God will show up. When you, you know that when you pray angels are dispatched. Desire to grow in prayer. God is speaking to somebody very clearly this morning. Desire to grow in prayer. You know that your prayer is not up to the mark. You know that your prayer is a little, little wobbly. It's a little weak. It's a little below the line that God wants, where God wants it to be. God wants you to desire to have a, a vibrant prayer life. Desire to grow in prayer. Decide to be a man of prayer, a woman of prayer. It's a good desire. Decide. Decide for yourself, I'm going to be a man of prayer. Now the Bible gives instructions such as this, be devoted in, be devoted to prayer. Your devotion has to be to pray. The Bible instructs us to pray without ceasing. Prayer must become a, a, a regular practice in your life that you don't know when you last prayed because you're always praying. You're praying when you're driving, you're praying when you're taking a bath, you're praying when you're, you're playing, when you're, even when you're with people, you're praying under your breath, you're praying in the spirit, you're praying in your, in your mind, with your understanding, you're praying. You must understand prayer is the means by which you access the peace of God. And whether you know it or not, the peace of God is the most important commodity, the most important thing that you can ever have when you live your life on this earth. There is nothing greater than the peace of God. That's what everyone is craving for, some form of peace, some form of assurance. Whereas we Christians, we have access. How? When we pray. God will guard our hearts and our minds with the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It's not a small thing. You lay hold of the peace of God through prayer. You make it your own through prayer. When you pray, you lay hold of it. You grab hold of it, the peace of God. Last week we considered that the comforts of God are a portion in life and the multitudes of our anxieties within us. They stand no chance. Why? Because the comforts of God, the consolations of God are a portion in life. In the, in the multitude of my anxieties, the consolations of God make my soul delight. 
They delight my soul. Now this must be your experience. And everyone is worried about this and that. I'm not worried. You're not worried. Why? We are not worried because the consolations of God are our portion in life. Now we give no room for anxieties to grow. We give, give no room for worries to grow. We open our hearts to receive the comforts of God, the consolations of God. It's all about relationship. It's about relationship. Now Jean is comforted when Tijo is near. Why? Because of a, a relationship. Another person will not suffice. She's comforted by the one that she knows. The one that she's intimate with. His voice, his nearness, his warmth, his, wo his expression, all these things comfort the wife. Now you need to bang on your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You need to learn to live like that. You're always worried. You know why? Because you're not banking on your relationship. You need to go, you need to know, you need to, do, you need to know God as your father, say father. You need to know God as your, say father. It's closer than a, say brother. It's closer than a brother. It's truer than a, say friend. need to know these things about the Holy Spirit. Now you need to walk in the assurance that you're a child of God. We sang that song today. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I like that emphasis in that, in that song. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I'm not forsaken. I'm loved. I'm chosen. Are you bored in life? Are you bored in life? What you need is the revelation of the consolations of God. If you're bored in life, as a Christian, if you're bored in life, I'm bored. I, I don't know, I'm, I'm just bored in life. You're bored in life because you need to, you, you, you need a, a revelation into the consolations of God. He consoles your soul, delights your soul. You're feeling lonely and, and uh, without company. We heard that today in despair. The valley of Baka. Baka. The valley of Baka. We, we sang that also today. Even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. I fear no evil. Why? The consolations of God, the comfort of God. Your rod and your staff, it does what? It comforts me. God will use all of his resources to comfort you. That's what that, that scripture says. His rod, his staff. Now for a shepherd, that's all that he has. A shepherd does not carry much stuff. He, he carries a rod, he carries a staff. That's what he carries. The, all the resources of the shepherd is used to comfort the sheep. You must understand, all of God's resources will be used to comfort you if he needs to. And you're cribbing, I'm lonely, I'm, I'm sad. Nobody cares for me. Nobody cares for me. I had to deal with somebody who said that yesterday. Nobody cares for me. Learn to walk in the comforts of God. The comforts of God. Because He is the comforter. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. Now why did God give you His Holy Spirit? To comfort you. To console you. 
He's your consolation in life. That your soul is always in delight, not in despair. The God of all comfort. The God of peace. It's a relationship. Always remember it's a relationship. God and me, we are in a relationship. Jesus and me, we are in a, a relationship. The Holy Spirit and me, always in a, a relationship. You make commitments in a relationship. Right? You make commitments when you're in a relationship. You must understand you are in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You need to make commitments. And he wants to, the Holy Spirit wants to establish you deeper. Deeper into that relationship. Make you aware of that relationship all the more. So there is no shadow of doubt. But sometimes I, should I say it, should I not say it? I still do this. It sounds very weird. I ask my wife, do you love me? Just to hear from her, not that I doubt her at all, but just to hear, yes, I love you. There's something about being assured that you're loved. My children love to hear it. When, when you tell them, I love you, there's a smile, a beaming smile on their face. There's something about knowing that you're loved. And the Holy Spirit wants to know that you're loved by Him and that you're cared by Him. He wants to assure you. He's the guarantee of your relationship with, the Holy, with, the, with God. The guarantee, the pledge. It's for a lifetime and beyond. All of eternity. It's a guarantee. Hallelujah. Amen. Now the mark of a, a truly intimate relationship is not, it's not many words. The mark of a, a truly intimate relationship is not really many words. We think that the more you speak to somebody, that's the mark of a, a truly intimate relationship. A truly intimate relationship is much beyond many words. It is about knowing the thought. It's about having access to the thought of the other person. When you know what your, your spouse is thinking, your wife is thinking, that is intimacy. If you can understand what I'm thinking right now, that means we are quite intimate. Your friends are like that. In friendship, you, you gauge friendship like that. A friend who understands your feelings, your emotions, even without you expressing it in words, you, you consider that person a close friend, your best friend. And we have all kinds of words for that, soulmate and this and that. Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to have that kind of access to your thoughts. And he wants you to know that he has got that kind of access to your thoughts. Have you ever considered, Michael, have you ever considered the Holy Spirit accessing your thoughts, what you're thinking? Think about it. The Holy Spirit knows what you're thinking. Right now you're thinking, why is this guy after me now? He won't think like that, he loves me. But the Holy Spirit knows what you're thinking. And He wants you to know that He can access your thoughts. He wants, to, he wants you to live in the awareness that He knows your thoughts. The Holy Spirit wants you to live in the awareness that He knows your thoughts. You know, Psalm 139, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 139. This, the psalmist experienced this, by the way. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. Keep going. You know when I sit down and when I 
rise up okay you understand my thought from afar he understands your thought from and today we teach our children to be effectively Commun- to how to effectively communicate their thoughts we teach you know all of this communication skills uh, uh, programs or classes or whatever we call that thing you know all those uh, initiatives are intended to help a person express their thoughts as closely as they can to the original thought that they have in words isn't it right correct you teach children you teach students right teachers you, you, this is what you do in school you teach them to express what's in their mind in words correct now we teach that our, that our children so that they will not be left behind in life they will not be uh, they will not feel uh, misunderstood they will be at a disadvantage so we teach them how to express their thoughts and we consider a person as a good communicator when he is able to express his thoughts right and here is somebody who understands your thoughts without your help it doesn't matter whether you are a good communicator or not he understands your thought from where from afar he doesn't even have to come close to you he doesn't have to listen to your musings he doesn't have to listen to your whispers he understands your thoughts from afar that's the holy spirit and today we have to follow people spy on them and do all kinds of things to somehow understand what's in their mind but here is somebody who understands a person's thought from afar but do are you aware of that person in your life are you aware that he does that to you the psalmist was you know the psalmist it was a wake up call for the psalmist the the, the psalmist couldn't You are so overwhelmed. You have searched me and have known me. You un- you know when I rise up and when I sit down when and when I rise up. You understand. He said, "You understand my thought from." He made a big deal out of it. He he wrote an entire psalm when he realized that the Holy Spirit can understand his thoughts from afar. The entire psalm is about God knowing where you are, what you're thinking, what you're about to say. You read through that psalm; it's a it's an amazing psalm. The Holy Spirit seeks intimacy with you. He seeks intimacy with you. He does not wait till you come to terms with it. He does not wait till you come to terms with it. He does not say, "Okay, let's get started to get to know each other better," and gets on in that interview mode. You ask a few questions to that person, and he asks or she asks a few questions to you. You slowly get to know each other better. No, the Holy Spirit does not wait for all that. He understands your thoughts from afar. He doesn't need no interview. He doesn't need no time with you. He knows what you're thinking. But do you know that he knows what you're thinking? No, he does not stop there. That's the that's a wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit. Next verse: You scrutinize my path and my lying down. Verse three: You scrutinize my you scrutinize. How many of you given your answer paper for scrutiny? You fail in a paper and you go for reevaluation, and the next level of that is called scrutiny. Here it says, "You scrutinize my path and my lying down, and are intimately acquainted with 
all my ways not some of my ways but all my ways and then it goes on to say even before there is a word on my tongue behold o lord you know it all and today we worried how can we express what's in our heart now you're being asked something you don't know how to express it now your biggest worry in being uh, you know being a an outgoing person your biggest concern in being an extrovert is how can i express what's in my heart will that person understand but here the holy spirit makes it very easy for you even before you place that word upon your tongue he knows that word now people gauge you by your words the 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 spirit gauges you by your thoughts he weighs the thoughts and intentions of man we feel very smart we are gauging people based on what they say we ask a question they give us an answer we feel we are very smart such a foolproof method of recruiting and getting married and you know some people do that run an interview and uh, you know tally the score if the score is above a certain level okay then we'll think of marriage but here we have somebody who doesn't need no words who doesn't need no questionnaire he does not need any uh, you know sitting with you he understands your thoughts from afar even before you place a word upon your tongue based on those thoughts at the thought level itself not at the speech level at the thought level itself <coughs> he understands it he knows it he gauges it he weighs it Behold O Lord you know it all say you know it all even before there is a word on my tongue behold O Lord you know it all hallelujah tell your neighbor god knows your unspoken word no i don't say anything bad i don't use any foul language i'm very careful with the words that i speak i'm very i'm very choosy with my words here is somebody even before you put that in articulate your thought into words he already knows what you're about to say that's why the bible says be slow to speak you know why he's giving you some time he's 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 asking you to be slow to speak so that he can intersect you at your thought level and prevent you from committing the the sin of speaking the wrong thing is that slow be slow to speak why allow me to correct your thought so that you can speak right i think that is very cool that's right he says bring every thought captive to the obedience of christ at the thought level you see god wants to deal with you at your thought level at your thought level you you think speech level you're thinking action level no he wants to deal with things at the thought level he understands your thought from afar so allow allow the holy spirit to intercept your thoughts and to correct it if he has to before they come out as words proverbs 21:2 can you put that on the screen every man's way is right in his own eyes but the lord weighs the heart he weighs the heart he weighs the motives he weighs the intentions now if you think that this is the old testament principle no it's not now we read in 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 the book of hebrews what the word of god does to you it is able to divide and to discern joining of bone and marrow to discern between the thoughts and intentions of man what is that god's word the thoughts and intentions of man 
Now why do we now why do you think it's a good practice to learn scripture? For every thought there can be a scripture in your mind coming up in your mind to help you. Now you might be thinking what's the use of memorizing scripture? Now teach your children scripture, teach Catherine scripture. Now even now you can start, don't wait till till she is able to speak. Teach scripture, speak scripture. learn scripture lean learn scripture as much scripture as you can learn it by heart you know why god's word will come and help you as you're thinking the wrong thought you're bugged by the worrying thought you know what the word of god will do it'll come and cut it off and correct it for all of you does not see any advantage in learning scripture this is the advantage he wants to deal with you at your thought level even before your word even before a word is upon your tongue you must understand that he is actively searching you god is actively searching you the holy spirit is actively searching you scrutinizing you knowing you understanding your thoughts scrutinizing your path and he knows you completely well Now sometimes, okay, this has happened to me many times. You know, I'll be sometimes I'll be feeling, you uh, know, a little alone, like for no reason. You also feel that, right? You don't know what is really bothering you. Maybe something you probably would have overlooked that, or it's at the back of your mind. You really don't know what it is. You don't know to define what that that thing that is bugging you. But yeah. worried you are anxious maybe you are feeling a little low a little sorrowful about it but there's no you don't know really really don't know what it is about you have no idea what it is about you're digging deep to find out somebody will have to probe deeper to find out the reason for your gloom now what is assuring the holy spirit knows he has scrutinized my paths he is intimately acquainted with all my ways even when i don't know what it is about he knows i think that is very assuring you know why it helps me to pray it helps me to pray you know i don't have to sit and struggle to pray how can i pray what should i pray about You just know that you're burdened about something. You're worried about something. But you don't know how to articulate words. You don't know how to put those those things that you feel within into words. You have no idea. Romans chapter 8:26-27. Romans 8:26-27. in the same way the spirit also helps in our weakness for we do not know how to pray as we should but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words and he searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is and he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of god Now this must be this must be you know your thumb rule in prayer i know people who stay away from prayer not knowing what to pray i don't know whether you have met such people i know people who stay away from prayer because they don't know how to pray what to pray i and they i i even had people who say i don't know what to pray i can't even pray have you heard that you not heard that never heard that I can't even I'm going through this going through something and they saying I can't even pray because you don't know what it is about you know what is you don't know what is bothering you you know what is weighing you down but God knows God knows your worry God knows your anxious thoughts God knows the reason that you're feeling that way you probably would have forgotten 
in the deluge of like you know emotions and uh, the onslaught of different experience that you went through you would have forgotten you would have probably it would have become a clutter and you don't know what it is about but god knows and there is such a comfort in prayer when you sit for prayer to know that god knows i don't have to waste my time trying to uh, put words to my prayer i don't have to sweat it out i don't have to worry about how can i express my heart to god when i myself i'm confused about what i feel you know what the bible says the spirit helps you in your weakness with groanings too deep for what with groanings too deep for meaning you're not you're not praying in words but you are groaning how by the spirit of god with groanings too deep for words now take advantage of this in prayer you want to see miracles in your life you want to see breakthrough in your life you want to see god using you in ways that you never thought or imagined you want to see uh, provision flowing like you had never imagined you want to see the glories of god come to pass on a daily basis i'll tell you the secret i'll tell you the secret pray in the spirit pray in the spirit pray in the spirit pray in tongues now try praying in tongues for a certain period of time every single day and try it out for say 30 days or 2 months you try it out and see what it will do to you it's not sound very I challenge you as a man of god as a minister of god i'm challenging you try 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 this and come back to me you speak in tongues you pray in tongues say 30 minutes every day every day 30 minutes or 15 minutes how much ever you can and give it a try for one month and come back to me and tell me that it didn't do anything to you now i've i've met people who undermine the gift the use of the gift of tongues i've i've met people who i mean when i say people i'm talking about preachers and teachers who kind of uh, water down praying in the spirit not emphasizing it enough and not not uh, not teaching the benefits of praying in tongues and i've realized that almost all all of those people are people who never pray in tongues neither publicly nor privately now i would like to ask that question how many of you pray in tongues can lift your hands like you know real high how many of you pray in tongues like diligently daily routine it's a part of your routine make it a part of your routine set aside time every day to pray in tongues now you've been a christian for so many years and you're saying i don't have the gift of tongues you better sit with the lord and fix that you pray for 5 minutes and you expect to receive the gift of tongues it won't it does not work like that because the the gift of tongues is a is a deep expression of your prayer it's a deep expression of your communication with the lord unless you take yourself to that place where you want to express beyond your words how do you expect the gift of tongues to to manifest in you 
Do you pray in tongues? No, I don't pray in tongues. Why? Because I don't have the gift of tongues. You better have the gift of tongues. Now, when you pray in the Spirit, you're giving Holy Spirit access to your thoughts. You're giving access for the Holy Spirit into your thoughts and allowing the Holy Spirit to replace your frail thoughts with His firm thoughts. I think that sounds good. Now, reluctance to pray in the spirit is a reluctance to let go of your feeble thinking pattern. You're so, you're so confident about your thoughts. Now, you want to always pray with your understanding. Now, I think there's a reluctance to let go of your feeble thought pattern. But a willingness to pray in the spirit is the acceptance of God's sure thoughts into our mind. Now, when you pray in tongues, you are praying the mind of God. When you pray in tongues, you are praying the mind of God. You are speaking the mind of God in prayer. Listen, see, prayer in itself is good. Do you think so? Prayer in itself is good. It does good. The Bible says the effective prayer of the righteous avails much. As long as your prayer is a prayer of faith, in line with God's word, according to the will of God, it avails much. Now you're talking about praying the spirit. It's an altogether another level of praying. Where you, where you bypass your understanding, where you bypass your thinking. And if you're expecting somebody to come and tell you the benefits of you praying in tongues, nobody's going to do it for you because you're not praying to man, you're praying to God. No man understands your prayer in tongues. When a man prays and prays in tongues, what does the Bible say? Anyone who prays in tongues or speaks in tongues, he speaks to? He speaks to God. So do you think that man will come around and say, that is a good prayer? Nobody's going to do that. You know why? Because you're praying to God. You're speaking to God. And you're bypassing the level of your understanding, the level of your wisdom, your intellect and your experiences. You have to experience the benefits for yourself. Michael, you want to be a good drummer. You want to be a good drummer. You want to be used of God. You want to be a good drummer. See, yes. Loudly. You want to be a drama? I'll tell you the secret. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. And if you don't have the gift of tongues, you ask the Lord to give you the gift of tongues. And sit with the Lord till you experience that gift. Now, why have these things become so rare in church? These topics are very rarely spoken of. It, 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 is, it is considered very uncool to speak about tongues and to teach about tongues. You know why? Because the devil does not like this a bit. The people who don't use it, publicly or privately and people don't benefit it benefit out of it they will never endorse it or you know teach about it but in tongues you you are actually accessing the thoughts of god and you are incorporating the thoughts of god into your prayer life that's what you're doing if you are wondering where is he getting all this from you check check god's word that's what the Bible says. And to pray with the, in the language of God. The Bible says if anyone speaks in other tongues, he speaks to God and also says he speaks what? Say it loud. He speaks what? Mysteries. 
So when you pray in tongues, you're praying mysteries. Not the things that you know. But you're, you're praying mysteries. The deep mysteries of God. Which only you and God can understand. Call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So God always wanted you to pursue something which you do not know. And the use of tongues, you're pursuing a level of knowledge which you do not have in your mind. You're speaking mysteries, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit helps you in your weakness. You don't know what to pray. Because with your wisdom, we don't know what to pray. Now you say they make the same prayer every day. Father, help me. Bless my father. Bless my mother. Bless my brother. Bless my sister. Give me that. Give me this. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all you can pray. You try it for 10 days, you say the same prayer. And like I said, if you're a poor communicator, all the best. But if you allow the Holy Spirit, who understands your thought from afar, who knows your needs, who's intimately acquainted with all your ways, even before your word is upon your tongue, he knows it well. If you allow him, to intersect your thought. If you allow him to correct your thought and to influence your words and you speak with groanings too deep for words by the Spirit. What is the limit? In tongues, you access the thoughts of God. And that's a big advantage. See, when, when Jesus, when the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Did they ask him to teach them to pray? Yes? Okay. I'll go with what you said. So he, they, went, they came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he taught them to pray. Wow. Jesus taught them to pray. Do you think that is big? Debbie, that's big, right? Jesus taught them to pray. So they learned to pray. Because Jesus taught them to pray. One fine day Jesus tells them, it is better that I go away. It is better that I Because if I go away, the Father will send you the? So why is it better that he goes away? Because he taught us to pray. And anything that you pray will come to pass. He taught us to pray. But he said it is better that I go away because the Father will send you the helper. I'll tell you why it's better. Jesus taught them to pray. The, the, but, the, but the one who came to them, the helper, helps them to pray. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it. You didn't get it. You have an exam. You have an exam, okay? Which exam? Pick, pick a subject, Debbie. Say maths. Maths. Shaila teacher is your... No, sorry. Anju teacher is your... Anju ma'am is your teacher. Maths, okay? So you're very confident because Anju ma'am taught you maths. You're confident, Why? Because she taught me maths. Just imagine a situation where you go into the examination hall, you, you, go, you go with the confidence that, yes, Anju ma'am taught me maths. Imagine a situation where Anju ma'am comes and helps you when you are doing the examination. Which is better? The fact that she taught you, exam, that taught you maths or the fact that she helps you in your paper? She helps you. So that's what you said. It is better that I go away. Because I send you the helper. I taught you, to, taught you to pray. But the one who is going to come is going to help you to pray. We are still walking in the conference. Jesus taught us to pray. We all know the Lord's prayer. And that's all that we know. But Jesus said it is better. And he does not have any problem with that. I will send you another of the same kind. 
I'll send you another of the same kind. The promise from the father who's going to come. He's not going to teach you to pray. He's going to pray. He's going to pray through you. He helps you in your weakness. With groanings too, too deep for words. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 2. God wants to change the way you live your life. And I'm telling you, He is desirous that you will take a hold of this and you'll run with this. We are still worried and anxious in everything that comes our way. We are worried. We are so worried. We are so anxious. You know why? We are not allowing the Holy Spirit. We are not aware of the fact that He can access our thoughts. And we are not taking advantage of the fact that He can access our thoughts. How do we take advantage? By allowing Him to pray. By praying in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love Him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. So what is this? Things which eye has not he has not. No has entered the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who? I has not. He has not. No has entered the heart of? Which God has prepared for? For I say for, for me. Okay, now look at this. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. To how? Through the Spirit. So can you know what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no has entered the heart of man? Can you know it? How? Say through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the, say, depths of God. So I told you about mysteries. Say mysteries. When you speak in tongues, you're speaking mysteries. You're speaking to God. You know what you're speaking? The depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. You do not know, you do not have because you do not you do not have you do not have because you do not you do not have because you do not but here it says you here it says you help me on this you do not have because you do not what does this scripture say you know tell me let's read it one more time you didn't get it for to us god revealed them through the spirit The last verse says, verse 12 says, so that we may say no. We may no. You need to know what you have so that you can ask. And you can do it only by the Spirit. So that we may know the things freely given to us by God. You know, in, in, in praying, in, in your prayer, in the spirit, you are asking the things that you know are yours in Christ Jesus. Hey. You read and explain that to me. What does the Bible say? Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. You're not asking because you don't know that is yours. Why? Because you're still stuck in your, in your thought level. Hey, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. 
God will not give that to me. So my thinking does not permit me to think that God can give. But the word of God tells me that he has given everything pertaining to life and godliness. He who did not spare his, uh, spare his own son, but freely delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? But that knowledge is only in the spirit. And you're trying to make your prayer with your words, with your wisdom, with your understanding. Are you getting it? Your prayers are so limited. You're making prayers which are so limited. The best you can ask is, give me a house, give me a car. And for the next 30 years, you'll pray the same prayer. But in the spirit, your prayers are unlimited. You will dare to pray in the spirit. You know why? Your understanding is not blocking your prayers. For who has known, verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Okay, now let me ask you. How many of you want to continue praying based on your own thoughts? How many of you want to continue praying? You're so confident about your thoughts. You're so confident. You're so confident about Anju teacher being your, your teacher. You're so confident about what you've learned and what you know. You want to continue praying based on your own thoughts. How many of you want to pray the thoughts of God? Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. For all of you think that your thoughts are so great, so amazing, so majestic and so powerful. Here is news for you. For my thoughts, God is speaking to you specifically, okay? This morning God is speaking to those of you who think that your thoughts are very strong. God is saying, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Today we heard when Brother King was ministering, now how blessed is the man whose strength is the Lord. How blessed is the man. His heart is full of highways to Zion. Even when he goes through the valley of Baca, he makes it a spring. What's the next verse? Yeah, the, the, he gives the early rain that the blessings may cover his head. His thoughts. His thoughts. Your best thought is a minuscule, is a small molecule in comparison to his, his, his thoughts for you. That's why in Psalm 139 itself we read, how vast is the sum of them? Let's read that, Psalm 139. You think that you, you, you always feel that you think so much about yourself and you're so confident that you think so much about yourself and nobody thinks about you the way you think about yourself. But look at verse 17, Psalm 139. How precious also are thy thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. Here we are, so confident about our prayers. Based on our thoughts. God wants you to pray. Prayers based on. His thoughts. 
Like I said, see, prayer according to God's word is fantastic. The effective prayer of the righteous will avail much. For that, you need to learn God's word. And every prayer that you make should be in line with God's word. It'll avail much, the will of God, according to God's will. When you pray, it'll avail much. But I'll show you something better. Something to your advantage. It is better that I go away. Why? Because I, I taught you to pray. But here is somebody who's going to pray. He's going to help you to pray. Hallelujah. So let go of every, bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And stop becoming, see, the, the Holy Spirit is speaking something very clearly. The arm of flesh will fail you. Your dependence on your own self will fail you. You think by your smartness and by your knowledge and by your, uh, you know, by the, the knowledge that you possess and your experience is going to help you in your Christian walk. It is not going to help you at all. Those who are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. You, know, you want to walk in triumph, you have to walk by the Spirit. There's no other way. And you have to give room, make room for the Holy Spirit to take over, to invade. What are you waiting on the Lord for? Make this a practice, I'm telling you. Make this a practice. Pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Set aside time. And if any thought comes to you undermining the importance of praying in tongues, that is the devil. You can rebuke the devil right there. If you need to be convinced about the benefits of praying in tongues, go search the scripture. Find out what the Bible says. Find out what the Bible says. You don't have because you don't ask. You don't ask because you, don't, you do not know. But the Bible says the Spirit knows all things. And you have been given the Spirit who knows all things, which are freely given to you. Now if you pray according to the Spirit, you're praying according to what you know in the Spirit. Hallelujah. His thoughts are higher than your. Your ways are not as high as his ways. Let's pray. Father, thank you for speaking to us. It's a clear word for your church. It's a clear instruction for your church. You've given us the key. The key to move up higher. To enter into that new level. And experience breakthrough like we've never experienced breakthrough. To experience the supernatural like we've never experienced the supernatural. This is what you desire for your people. Even before a word is on a tongue, you know it well. You know it well. You understand us, scrutinize our paths. You have searched us and known us, even in our thought level. Such knowledge is too intimate. Too intimate, too lofty. You heard just from before and behind. It's a lofty thought, it's a lofty knowledge. We cannot even attain to it. Lord, we ask of you that will cause us to be aware that you know our thoughts, that we may think the thoughts of God. That we may pray the thoughts of God, the plans of God, the mysteries of God. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Deal with us. Deal with us. Help us. Help us, Lord. Come to every single person here. Lord, I pray that whatever be that decision, Lord, that decision of change, that decision of discipline that you, they want to bring, they want to affect in their lives, Lord, I pray for grace to be upon them. Those of them who desire the gift of tongues, if they've never received that gift before, pray, Lord, that you will satisfy. Because the word of God says that you will, whatever we ask, we have it. If you delight in the Lord, we shall have the desires of our hearts. There is no excuse for us not to have what you desire for us to give, for us to have. Help us, Lord, we pray. Bless your people with this understanding, with this revelation. Thank you for granting us a beautiful time in your presence. Thank you for your, your people, this gathering. Thank you for freedom, favor, protection upon us, Lord. Thank you. Continue to do what you please in our land, what you, what you will, what you desire. Use your church, use your people for your glory. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hello, this is Nishad Dilipkoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.